brought to you by Mystic Lubricants, developed in real-world conditions for real-world work. Mystic products are specially formulated to meet your demands. Mystic Lubricants, ride with us. For a look at their full range of top-quality products, visit mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K-Lubes.com. Hey, folks. Welcome to Machine Repeat Podcast number 61. I am actually out on the road as I'm recording this. We're heading to southern Ohio. We're actually filming a little farm retirement auction in Fayetteville, Ohio, by the Wendt Group. Uh, it's got some really nice equipment on it that we'll be filming that sale Again, tomorrow as I record this, uh, it's got a low-hour John Deere 8285R, low-hour John Deere 8330, so it's a pre-def tractor there. Nice full line of equipment, should be great fun. And uh, just a huge thank you, f folks, for watching our TV show now. Gosh, out here, coming down the stretch of season 11, it's been so much fun as I look back. Uh, wow, it's <laughs> I know nothing about TV when I started, and it's been quite a journey. Uh, you maybe heard me tell the story, but I know I needed to do a TV show. Struck me like a bolt of lightning in 2004 was the first time. And then it just took a long time as I was building the business and raising our daughters with my wife, Jackie, uh, to get to the point uh, when in 2007, uh, I helped uh, launch the machinery show, was successful farming, did six seasons there. But all the while knew that I needed to give the farm audience more, our own show, uh, machine repeat show where we can highlight more equipment, tell more stories. And uh, we launched the show in September of 2013. It's been great fun. And our guest today on the Machine Repeat podcast, uh, a fellow ag uh, TV guy, Rodney Miller, host of Small Town Big Deal, which uh, actually they started that show, I think, about one year before I launched Machine Repeat TV. I think it was September of 12 on RFD TV. An amazing show. It's, it's actually now. You know, in season 12, I think, and it's got uh, carried still on RFD TV Plus. I think now there are over 300 channels around the country, seen in big markets like New York City, uh, all over the place. And Rodney, I got connected with him here recently. I've been a fan of his TV show since it launched. It's fantastic. <clears throat> I always identified to their theme. Being a small town guy myself, Benson, Minnesota, where I grew up, population 3,250 people. Two stoplights, not one. We're pretty proud of that. Uh, but uh, Rodney had a tractor for sale. Just a beautiful 1995 Case H7220. 6,209 hours on it. Second owner. It looks like new. Just incredible. Uh, and a mutual acquaintance connected us. And uh, we got that tractor listed in MachineRepeat.com trying to help Rodney get some more eyes on it. So if you or anyone you know, folks, are looking for a sweet... 7220 Rodney's got one listed for sale with a 79,000 bucks and it's uh, it is like new just beautiful condition but that made me reach out to Rodney and uh was pleased that he was able to join us for a podcast conversation I think you're going to enjoy it Rodney is you know quite a guy there's a story behind the TV show which is fascinating shining the light on small rural America and uh he's done a, a just a hell of a job doing that with his co-host uh, Jan Carl all these years. Uh, so we're talking about that, but Rodney, he's a farm boy from Benton, Illinois. Uh, very connected in the farm equipment business, which I didn't quite realize the extent, I guess. Just been a few years ago, I forgot, but Rodney was actually the CEO of McCormick and coming off of helping Montana tractors 
go from kind of an idea of $3 million annual revenue up over $80 million annual revenue. Rodney was very involved with that. Uh, also stints with Valtra, helping bring those tractors to the U.S., territory manager for Long and Mahindra. Um, and now has lived the past 12 years in Georgia where he has a, a farm, kind of an agro-tourism, kind of a Airbnb, fantastic operation there, complete with his own extensive international harvester collection. And we're going to talk about that because, folks, he has some amazing stuff. And I've done a lot of these podcasts now, episode 61, but I got to tell you, Rodney, man, what a fun conversation. I think he and I could have talked just for days. So uh, let's bring in now Rodney Miller, host of Small Town Big Deal. Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. Hey, folks, I want to uh, welcome our guest on this Machinery Repeat podcast, uh, a familiar face and voice uh, to us all, Rodney Miller, uh, host, co-host of the of the awesome farm show, or just show out on, on TV, Small Town Big Deal. Rodney, thanks for joining us. Oh, man, I'm honored to be here. Uh, Greg, it's it's um, such an honor. I'm such a fan of yours. So uh, thank you for asking me. Well, back at you, my friend. Uh, and we should set up for people uh, how our recent interaction got going here. We had a mutual friend uh, connect us. I think they knew that you had a tractor you were looking to sell and suggested uh, we talk about it. And oh, my goodness, what an incredibly beautiful 1995 Case H 7220. 6,209 hours on it. You're the second owner, Rodney. This thing looks like absolutely brand new. I tell you, you know, people love to come and see my collection. I take such good care of them. I have barns full and they go, well, do these run? I go, if there's anything wrong with anything in this barn, I don't know it because if anything is wrong with it, it goes to the shop and gets fixed and puts back. And uh, this guy was even more meticulous than me. And he bought it new. And ever since I moved down here 12 years ago, I became a, a familiar with the tractor and a lot of people in the south don't take good care they leave their tractors outside and all that kind of stuff you know it's not like the north but but um that's not true of everybody but uh, most um and he had taken it looked brand new and he never let it sit outside he washed it after he got done still had the plastic on the seat and uh changed the oil every 150 hours and the rear end oil every 500 i mean that's the kind of meticulous this thing is about as close to new as, as there is. And I got a chance. He told me he I, I've been on him for years. And he said, when I sell it, I'm going to give you first chance. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had it a few years and uh, uh, just decided what something else. You know how you do it? We collect, all of us collectors, we we buy and sell. There's some stuff we won't sell. Right. But there's a lot of stuff, you know, I'm tired of having that. And I want something else for a while, you know. And, uh, or else our collection gets too big, which my wife says it already is too big. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have to take care of the of the, the marital relationship there. Then the, listen to the missus. But folks, uh, yeah, go to machinerypeat.com and punch up KSH 7220s. You'll see Rodney's there. Again, it'll, it'll just jump off the computer screen at you. Uh, Rodney just listed it with us, asking uh, 79000 bucks, a very good price. Yeah. A tractor like that. Uh I've seen them sold as high recently as 81,000 with 4,500 hours. So again, 
Uh, beautiful, beautiful tractor. And we'll, we'll, we'll come back to the 7220, Rodney. But <laughs> now again, you, you mentioned down south. You're actually joining us today from your home. Is it Osceola, Georgia? Yeah, near Osceola, Georgia. That's We're really far south. We're 60 miles from Florida. So it, it stays warm down here. And, I, and I'm an... I'm an Illinois boy. I lived in Southern Illinois for 48 years, yeah. but I've lived down here now for 12. Uh, and um, I got five of my seven grandkids here. My son and my daughter live. My son lives on the farm here with me. He built a new house here. And and then my daughter lives. She married a farmer, lives five miles away, and she's got three kids. And my other daughter lives in Atlanta. She's got two up there. And we have yeah. a couple of big, we have a big agritourism business in Atlanta called Buford Corn Maze. Um, it's, it's, we've had, I started it 15 years ago and it's one of the largest in America. I, mm. We've been voted one of the top 25 corn mazes in America three years in a row. Mm. We're the only yeah. one from Georgia who has ever made the list. Well, so Rodney, your, uh, your background, uh, we have lots to talk about here. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, now, uh, before I, before I drift, we get into your story here. I'm just curious. You mentioned you grew up in an Illinois farm boy, Benton, Illinois. Live down south, down Georgia now for 12 years. Just I'll share with you a comment I have. Get your take on it. So I travel around the country, all across U.S. and Canada. But boy, I tell you, when I go down to Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, the people, oh my goodness, the people. When I come back to Minnesota, we have a thing we say Minnesota nice up here. It's true. But when I go down south, it, it just feels like there's people just open their arms and it it's an amazing thing. Yeah, I agree. You know, and and I think it it's contagious. I mean, people see there was somebody, a, a lady at church last night who just joined our church, uh, and uh, she said, "Well, we go by your house. We see I have an international harvester sign out by the highway. It's a it's a replica of the '60s sign." Nice. And, uh, and she said, "Yeah, I've, we all see that sign, and we wonder what's because you can't really see my farm off from even though it joins the highway. There's a lot of trees up there, and and then." Uh, I go, man, just stop by. I, I, everybody's welcome all the time. I, you don't have to call. Just stop by. If I'm not here, just look around, you know, and uh, I, I just love, I, I want other people to enjoy this. God's been so good to give me a beautiful place here and and all these beautiful tractors. And I want to share them with as many people as I can. And uh, I want to preserve history. You know, um, I, when I have my dad's 1086, I restored it. I've taken it to shows all over America. People asking me about it all the time. It's been on the cover of some magazines and a lot of stories been written about. It. And I always say I, I promote that too because he was such a great Christian. He was the greatest Christian I ever met. And I I I, I use that tractor to keep his legacy alive. Hmm. You know, uh, I want my grandkids to know about him and maybe my great grandkids if I'm fortunate enough to live that long, <laughs> which wow. I got to live a while longer. <laughs> well, folks, you're getting a little hint here why, you know, multiple levels, why it, I've been so looking forward to having Rodney on the podcast here, his, his love of tractors and collection. We'll get into your collection, Rodney, which by the way, is just amazing. Thank you for the pictures that you were texting <laughs> me. I can't wait to get down to eyeball them in person. But let's. Oh, uh, I can't let, wait either. That'll be a fun day. Now that's oh, going to be a fun day. <laughs> I'll, I'll roll the camera, YouTube video, machine repeat YouTube. That'll go off the charts. But uh, let's talk about your show, Small Town Big Deal. Now, yeah. first off, just I would just from your audience represent and say a huge thank you to what you've created and presented all these years. You're you're capturing what's real, and uh, so Small Town Big Deal. Uh, tell us a story how it got started, Rodney. Yeah, you know, thank you for that, uh, Craig. I, I, I'm 
you know, I'm just a farm boy from Southern Illinois. I grew up a farmer. I'm always farmed and I, I'm, I'm still farming and will always farm till, um, um, you know, I can't do it anymore. And, but um, I had this, I'm, I grew up a really shy boy. I, you, nobody believes me now, but, but people who I grew up with know how shy I was. I was, there's a picture of me when I was about four and it's a big family picture and I'm on the front row and I'm doing this. I was afraid of the, a, a steel camera. And uh, Mike Turley, you, you probably know Mike Turley. He, he was at Osborne Bar and, and CEO there and great, oh. one of my best friends. And uh, he was doing our marketing when I was at Montana Tractors, the company that J.B. Hunt owned. And J.B. was just a, he gave me my first CEO job. He believed in me. I always say he was the first guy to really believe in me. And, and um we took that little company at the time uh, from 2 million to 80 million in just three years in annual wow. revenue. And Mike was doing our marketing and he said, Rodney, I really want you to, to do some national commercials. And I go, Mike, I, I've never been in front of a camera and I'm, I'm shy. I don't even like to get up and speak in front of the dealers or anything. And he goes, trust me, you'd be good at it. And, and we shot a commercial and I don't know what it is, Greg, I fell in love with the camera. I've heard other people on TV say the same thing. I still get nervous when I get in front of a bunch of people, but I can be in front of a million people on camera and because because it's all it's all the you know they edit it. If I mess up, I just start over. You know, uh, when you're talking live, you can't mess up and start over. You know, you have to. There it is. And uh, but um, he got the bug, and then I had this vision. I've started a lot of companies in my life, and that to create a show that tells the real about the real America. And um, and we got it on that. We shot a pilot and we got it on the air at RFD. They liked it. And uh, the now, big when did, break, when did it launch, Rodney? When uh, did the September first September 6, 2012. Well, okay. So been almost 12 years now. And um, Patrick Gotch liked it. Wanted to, so we went on there. We've been on the air every week since then there. We're now in 300 stations. But but um, um, our big break, uh, you know, you you can't only get, you always, I always say, you, know, you can't always be, you're not always good, ain't enough. You got to be lucky sometimes. Remember the good Lord looked out on us. But Jan Carl saw the first episode in Hollywood and reached out and said, it's the show I've always wanted to do. Would you consider working with me? She didn't mm -hmm. even want to be on camera. She wanted to be a producer. And I'm going, are you kidding me? You're a big star. And I'm, I'm a little farm boy from Southern Illinois. I don't even know what I'm doing, man. I well, mean, Jan Carl, she was on CBS Entertainment Tonight all those years, right? 14 years on entertainment tonight. She was the, the youngest female uh, anchor in, in uh, Los Angeles for years. So she was a big star. She'd been in lots of movies and everything. And, but she was, a, her dad was an executive at John Deere. She grew up in John Deere. And she, so we have that battle a lot on, on camera, you know, I, I call red it, versus green. <laughs> oh yeah. We do it a lot. I mean, so it pick even on story, when we're not doing a story about tractors. Well, it'll come up somehow, you know, and we have, I always kid her about their, they make great boat anchors and, and uh, stuff like that. <laughs> and, and then she comes back now, which company is still in business. And <laughs> oh, <laughs> so awesome. we liked it, but that was the start of it. And um, we just, um, we shoot big deals in small towns and, and it's stories you haven't heard of a lot of times. And um, uh, we filmed in all 48 contiguous States. Now we had our, wow. we hit the 48th one, which was North Dakota, um, two years ago. And where in North Dakota were you? We were at Maysville. Maysville. So Maysville College, that's that's about halfway up the state on the east side of the state. 
And it so happens that a kid I grew up with become the, the chancellor there or the president. And uh, they have a, an annual Farmer's Bowl football game. We thought that was really cool. Farmer's a, Bowl? A Farmer's Bowl. Instead of the Gator Bowl or the Orange Bowl, they have the Farmer's Bowl. Okay. And they have this big parade the day before. And they have all the tractors. And, and they have a big barn dance. I mean, it was just a hoot, man. And mm. uh, so in the small towns like that, the small colleges, they kind of get overlooked. But yet, you know, a lot of a lot of people in America go, have gone to a small college in a small town somewhere. It's a totally different atmosphere. And the kids were so friendly. And uh, we had a blast up there. But mm. um, not that we don't know a lot of stuff. You know, it, it would be one of my bucket list shows and along with the D-Day reenactment in, in Conneaut, Ohio. Have you ever been to that, Greg? I have not, Rodney. Oh, my gosh. It's it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. D-Day I mean, reenactment. It's a reenactment of D-Day, um, and it's on the beaches of Lake Erie. And there's a place there that looks like Omaha Beach. It's got cliffs and everything. They they have 1,500 reenactors. They have Higgins boats, P-52s flying overhead. They have the German 88 guns. They It is amazing. Wow. wow. And, and when we got there, they have this camp that's just like a camp in 1944. Nothing in there can be, it has to all be authentic. It's it's like a little mm. city. Mm. And then they have the German camp and they have all, it's, uh, I always tell everybody, it, it, it's that when we got there, Jan and I looked at each other and we saw this and we go, how have we never heard of this? Right, right. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never heard of it. It's just. It's amazing. I promise me, if you go, you will thank me. If you like history, I mean, I, there was this one guy who was 95. He participated in the invasion, got off the Higgins boat and fought his way up where the Germans are shooting at him and everything. And wow, he looked at me. We filmed him right as he got done. And I said, well, how was it like? He said, it was so real. I almost got scared again. Wow. I mean, and we talked to a bunch of the veterans there, that one guy who had who had driven a Higgins boat into uh, Omaha Beach eight times. And I oh. said, you're probably the only guy that drove a Higgins boat into Omaha Beach eight times and lived to tell about it. And mm. to reward him, they let him do participate in the value in the landing at Okinawa. I go, you were in the, the two largest invasions in history and survived them both. <laughs> well, you so there you've uncovered the event in the community, but even more granularly, those individuals. Oh, yeah. To shine the light on them and their. And I don't know about you, Rodney, in your small town farm boy from the Midwest. And uh, but what's been your experience? I, I, you know, we've been doing our show for many years and people are somewhat reticent when you first bring the cameras out. But I've always told people that I tell them, don't just pretend the camera's not here. Right. Just like we're talking. And I've always felt even if it's a, you know, a, a crusty old farmer, 80 years old and and standing on a soapbox is the absolute last thing in the world he would ever do. But when you ask him about his 1086, it's like yeah. you put a key in his heart and it unlocks and then it just it falls out of him. It's just true and beautiful and good. Well, I think Jan and I are kind of like you, Greg. We're like the guys next door and we just joke with him and laugh. And, you know, I I, I always mess up a few times. I said, see, I'm going to mess up more than you are. It's all edited. We're just going to cut it out. And um yeah, Jan has a really good ability of making feel people feel comfortable. I, I I think God's blessed me with that too. And just like you, you know, people just like you and they they feel comfortable with you. And and um, 
you know, and, and like you said, when you start talking about them, it's about them. We're, it's not about us. We're showing, telling their story and we're going to let them tell their story. Right. Like at, at half century, a guy who drove his tractor from um, Wisconsin, all, he drove it all the way down mm. and he did it to highlight and, and pay homage to his dad. Mm. And, uh, you know, he, he, like me said, his dad was one of the greatest Christians ever. He wanted to pay homage to him and, I thought, man, that's just such a cool story, you know, that he would drive 250 miles on on an old John Deere A, I think, if I remember right. And, uh, you know, they don't go that fast. <laughs> no, no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but just stuff like that, these great stories in small towns about people trying to bring their town back to life. You know, right. maybe when the interstate bypassed them or or Walmart came in or, or whatever, you know, and it's it's about people. It's like you say, you know, it's not so much about what we do. It's about the people we're talking about. Well, you, uh, the first time I saw your show, Rodney, all these years ago, I, I smiled. I told my wife, Jackie, I'm like, this is it. This is it. Cause I grew up in a little town of 3,200 people, Benson, Minnesota. Yeah. And whatever little town you're from, you know, for me, I was a basketball player. When you put that name across your chest on that Jersey or football yeah. uniform or marching band or, you know, just the decades as we move through our lives, where are you from? Well, I'm from Benson, Minnesota. That, that is, that's about as important. I mean, faith, but yeah. the place, where are you from? Who are you? It's just yeah. so real, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, and we've done a lot of stories in Minnesota. I mean, we did the Root River Festival. We did a, a story on dirt track racing on and Friday nights and, mm. uh, which was a lot of fun. I I, oh. I really never was part of that, but man, that's a cool deal that goes Dirt on. Dirt track racing. I mean, it is, that is just fun to absorb that, isn't it? It, is it awesome. sure is. And how passionate those people are and the fans, how excited they get. And, uh, you know, now, it, Rodney, what was your first episode that you guys aired way back in 2012? Yeah. The first we air it, we've aired it a couple other times since, but it was, um, it was at, um, about a real small, uh, soda bottling company in, I think in Greenville, Illinois called Excel. It's still a family operation. They're still in business. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when we, when we air their show, the guys always tell me we get a ton of orders the next day from all over the country. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so, um, uh, it was that, and then a, another place called Chicota therapy. It's a, it's a, it's a place where they do use horses to do therapy on people, mainly kids, but some PTSD people, sure. you know, veterans, we've done a lot of veteran stories. We're, we're real passionate about our, all of our servicemen and veterans and, and also all our fire people and police. Uh, I mean, you know, rural America is all about that. You know that Greg, I mean, we're all so grateful for that kind of thing. And um, so those were two stories. That was where our first two stories that Chicota mm -hmm. thing was two parts. And then the, um, um, XL was one part, but it was a great, we still stay in contact with those people. And, and that was when I did it by myself. That was before Jan, because Season I actually one. shot 13 episodes without her. Okay. And we, we went back and kind of put her in with OTFs and, and redid the opens, but sure. she's really not in any of the video, you know, okay. I'll do something stupid. And then she'll come on and say, I can't believe he just did that, you know, <laughs> or something like that, you know? Uh, so it makes you think she's there, but she's not. And but, Jan, she joined in season two. In season two. Okay. And you're so, on three you know, RFD plus 300 stations around the country. That's amazing. Yeah. We're on ABC in New York, CBS in Los Angeles, ABC in Los a in, in Atlanta. 
stations all over America. And then we're also on the Armed Forces Network, something we're really proud of mm. uh, because they came to us. Two, we were at the Napa Convention in Miami. You, you've probably been there before or you at least heard of it. And uh, these two guys in dress blues came up to us and said, we'd like to talk to you guys. And uh, we sat down. They said, we have had a lot of requests from our servicemen to, for your show because it reminds them of home. Mm. And uh, man, me and Jam about got choked up. I mean, we probably did get choked up. And mm. um, it, it was, uh, I still remember that day. And it's just an honor to be, because they, they can get any show they want. You don't, they don't pay for it or anything. They, everybody gives it to them, but of all the shows, they can have anything, but they wanted our show. Mm. And it uh, means a lot to us. And now we're on Amazon Prime. We're on a lot of nice. streaming stuff too. And, um, but, you know, it it's it's a show of passion it's something that jan and i really believe in about we you know we're kind of like you greg probably we want to make a difference going out in life i don't want to just suck up air the rest of my life you know and if i can't make a difference what good are we doing and and we're we have people you know jan said something you said it well ago and and kind of said it and she said something you know when she was on entertainment tonight people would see her on the street and they'd say you know love your show uh uh, you, you like love you whatever she said when we meet people on our vans on small town big deal they say thank you for doing that show right. and you said it well ago and and that is that is our biggest response is thank you for doing that show not like so great to meet you just thank you for doing that show and uh um you know well, you hit you guys hit that's like i said that's why i told jackie the first time i saw it that's it they, that's someone needed to do that and I don't know about you, Rodney, again, in, in that vein of thank you. I mean, we live in a world that's become increasingly negative. Oh, boy. And uh, as the Internet and social media, I mean, there's a lot of obviously really good things about Internet and social media, but it's become a clickbait and we get divided into our camps and stuff. And positive shows that focus on real America, I mean, you guys were way ahead of the game and so neat, even more needed today than ever, I think. I'm just curious your thoughts. I, you know, I agree with that, Greg. Um, our ratings continue to go up. We have about a on, on linear TV. We have about a half a million viewers a week. We have, sometimes mm. we hit six hundred thousand. That puts us in the top one hundred of all shows, and uh, awesome. that you've never heard of. And I think it keeps going up when TV ratings are going down. Right, ours keep going up. Um, I, I think it's because people are hungry for that kind of positive entertainment that. It's a break from society. We don't. We're not going to slam on the. We're not going to slam the Democrats. We're not going to slam the Republicans. We're not. Right. We're just highlighting all the good things about everybody, whether they're a Democrat or Republican, whether however they feel. You know, a, right. a lot of rural America is conservative, whether you're Democrat or Republican. You, mm -hmm. you generally have con, kind of conservative values. And I mean, they're all about family, yep. and uh, uh, no matter who you are in rural America. And 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 surprisingly, you it's hard to be believe that some of our best ratings are, are in our major cities like New York City. And well, I was going to ask you about that. You know, you mentioned being on ABC in New York. I, I, I would think you shoot me if I'm wrong here, but folks in the metropolitan areas, uh, you know, and and we're getting farther away from our rural roots. But in our busy lives, I wonder if when they happen across your show and they're spinning the dial. It doesn't just grab him by the collar and go, "Hey, my grandpa." That's from right. Mur from Murdoch, Minnesota, or you know, Effingham, Illinois, or whatever, and make them stop and watch. What what kind of feedback do you get from the city folks? We get that same, the exact same thing. They haven't been re removed from the farm for more than a generation or two, most of them, and um, or at least rural life. 
And, uh, you know, I always say this to you never hear anybody say, you know, I want to retire and get me a nice apartment on Michigan Avenue and, you know, just enjoy the hustle and bustle the rest. Of, you know, they yeah. want to go to where we live, Greg. Right. You know, I mean, I have a bed and breakfast on my on my farm and um, not a bed and breakfast an Airbnb yep. and breakfast. Uh, <laughs> so I get people from New York City, Los Angeles. Uh, Miami, Kansas City, Chicago, all over. And they're coming here to get away from it. Mm. You know, they want the simple life. We give them a golf cart and we've got a lake here. They can fish in and we've got goats and horses and and and, and a tractor collection they can look at. Yes. And, 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 and one of my favorite things now, I got a, a fire engine that was at ground zero on 9-11. You sent me a picture of that and I wanted to cue <laughs> you up on the story. But first, before I, I forget... Folks, again, if you're looking for an amazing vacation getaway, uh, I, I believe, Rodney, your website for your Airbnb, your farm there is MillerFamilyFarmsGA.com. Is that correct? That's it. That's it. Okay. So and folks you can, can search come. us on Airbnb, too. We're, we're, there's a lot of ways to book with us. But okay. But you have a cabin. You have a lake, canoe yeah. fishing. And then, again, the, the farm collection. We'll get to that in a minute. But tell us about the fire truck from that was at Ground Zero. How did you happen upon that? Oh, man, I, I'm so take a, I'm so patriotic like you, Greg. And 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 um, a friend of mine in Florida um, was able to uh, – he put a connection through, basically, and they were looking for somewhere. It still had been in in, in service until last year. Mm. And, and so they were looking for somewhere where it would be preserved. And they found this guy in Florida who then found me and um, uh, I was able to get it. And I, I, it's all in operating condition. It's got a 85 foot ladder on it. It's a, um, just in perfect shape. Well, I got so motivated. I went and took volunteer fireman classes. I thought our County needs more volunteer firemen. So I'm a volunteer fireman now. Hey. Too. I'm everything else. Awesome. And, That's so I have it available for them. We, keep it backed right in there and full of water and ready to go to the fire. And um, I also, there's a substation right by us and I'm, I, I help with that. Um, so I just got approved on all that and I'm kind of enjoying it and trying to give back a little bit, you know? Well, uh, yeah. Giving back you, you, you know, listeners can, can tell that's a priority for you, Rodney and uh, keeping that little, well, important little piece of history there. I would imagine when people get up close to that, Maybe just gives them pause and and just uh, you know as it would any of us. To, but again, you recognize the value of that and uh, just humbly presenting it for people to be close to. Yeah, uh, you know, I think that day was you and I really remember that well, like our fathers remembered uh, December seventh, you know, right. of, of nineteen forty one. Right. And um, but we remember, you know, my son really can't remember that day, but. He, he has some recollection, but he was pretty young, but, but you know, that was a big day in history and, and uh, we all didn't know what was going to happen. Did we, we right. was this the first wave, what else is happening, getting ready to happen. But, right. you know, um, a lot of guys lost their lives that day. A lot of good guys lost their right. lives. And um, so well, again, that's uh, to see the fire truck, not just as a fire truck, but a piece of history. Right. And then to present it. Now it is the color red, so it does fit beautifully. <laughs> fits right in. <laughs> let's segue to you. And folks, I, I gotta tell you, Rodney texted me when we were talking about a 7220. And again, one more plug, folks. Again, if you want to buy the nicest 7220 out there, it's Rodney's. Just go to machinerypeat.com, punch it up. You'll see it. Beautiful pictures. <clears throat> but Rodney, tell us about your collection of red equipment. It is fabulous. Yeah. 
You know, I've got um, kind of, I, I collect this stuff I kind of grew up with. I'm one of the guys that don't, some guys really collect really rare stuff and I have a few rare things, but I mainly collect things that I like um, that had a touch to me. You know, I grew up in the 806 era and thinking that was just the best tractor in the 4020 and, and um, 1066s. And, you know, I have, I have Mike Turley's 1066. His dad bought it new in 1962 nice. and Very I restored cool. it, took it completely apart and restored it. And, um, you know, just things like those tractors mean a lot to me. And when I was restoring it, I was thinking, how many times Mike's dad has had his hands all over this, you know, tractor doing probably a lot of the same things we're doing right now to it, you know? And, right. and uh, so, and I have my dad's and I have, I have three 806s, one that was made almost on the first day that I, I think it was made on day one. It wow. was at least made on the first week they made 806s. And then I have mm-hmm. a, 806 LP that was built right in the middle. And then I have an 806 diesel that's got an MW turbocharger. It was one of the last ones built. So I, I, I those kind of tractors, the 66 series, the 56 series, um, have I have Truett Kathy who started Chick-fil-A. I have his Super M that he had for 40 years and he had a nice. thing put on the back of it where he would he, he had all those foster homes, you know, and he would haul foster kids in parades and put flags all over it and it's a special tractor. He was a special guy, you know, mm. just a great man. And um, mm. I'm honored to have that. And uh, um, just a lot of things like that. I don't have a huge collection. I have probably maybe 30 tractors or, or so. Well, no, you sent me a picture of it. Your 766 is, boy, is that baby sharp. Oh, man. That's one of my favorite. And, it, and it's a gas and it's got, um, you know, that real deep, that real deep sound, that like a bass almost. And that was my good friend, Bob Zars. You know, Bob Zars probably or heard of him, Robert. He, he's a big collector. And that was his up in Indiana. He lives in mm. Reynolds, Indiana. And uh, I was glad to get it because Bob and I are really good friends. And mm. I, I always stay with him when I'm in that area. And he comes down here every now and then. So well, that sound of a 766, that's a happy sound, isn't it? It is a happy sound. I don't, That tractor is just such a, it's like a great size or, or yeah. something. I, I don't know. Every time I get up. It's probably the, my favorite tractor to drive. Well, I just got a 4366 at Stu, Stu Paquette's auction. Oh, now, I nice. love driving that thing. That, yeah, that's a, that's an eye grabber, isn't it? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, okay. You know, Stu and I were such good friends. He's actually a stockholder in our show. And mm. I, I broke my heart when he died. And I know the kids really well. Um, yeah, what he created was, uh, oh, man. was uh, just a visionary there with his uh, collection and his inviting people in from all over the world to experience uh, what he made there. Uh, you also sent me a picture of your 544 canopy, little, uh, what, a little tricycle front on that thing. Just a yeah, huge, it's, just a beautiful tractor. It sure is. And it, I got the lead, one of the largest tractor parades in history across the Mackinac Bridge, 1,325 tractors. I mm. think since then they've broken it, but that's a pretty big honor to lead. 1,365 tractors across the Mackinac Bridge. I was going to ask if you'd ever captured that event for your TV show. We have. Nice. It was one of our shows a couple of three years ago. And um, you can go on YouTube or something and watch it again. You can can go online and watch most of our past episodes. Probably at our website at smalltownbigdeal.com. We have most of them on there too. So uh, we just try to make our show available, even if it doesn't monetize it. We want people to be able to enjoy and 
Yeah, you know, that's why we're doing yeah. it. I'm not getting rich doing it. You, you know that. There's no television you, is an interesting <laughs> business, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> but I, you know, I I didn't train in business school or TV, but I I have this thing in my head of when I see an opportunity to plant a flag, I want to plant it. Yeah, and that's what made. I just knew the farm audience needed a kind of a more fully developed auction of the week show. So we did it. Yeah. And like I say, very first time I saw a small town, big deal. It's like Rodney, Rodney planted a flag. That is it. That's a great <laughs> show. Great theme. Uh, oh, and again, you. just thank you for how you do it. And folks, if you, if you have seen the show, if you haven't go to smalltownbigdeal.com, check it out or YouTube and tell your friends, tell your grandkids, with this world where all there's so much negativity, you know, that is just going to make your week to watch one of Rodney and Jan's episodes. Oh, and where, uh, where have your latest travels taken you, Rodney? So we were out in um, the last two weeks ago, well, it was really cold in Arkansas and we were out there duck hunting with some uh, veterans who are struggling with PSTD, mm. PTSD. Yep. Um, yep. And this guy who's created this duck camp and he brings them out there and they have all this camaraderie and they have meals and just a great, there's so many people doing things for our veterans and stuff that we want try to highlight, uh, you know, and our veterans, when they come back, so many of them struggle and, you know, I feel, I personally feel like we need to do more for them and yep. uh, they're kind of forgotten. You know, they went over there and fought a fight that, maybe they didn't believe in or they did. And like our veteran, our Vietnam guys, you know, they did yep. what their country asked them to do. Right. And uh, some of them came back and got spitted on, you know, and right. it's um, kind of sad, but, you know, um, so we feel like, I feel like we owe them a lot. And um, so we do a lot of stories about that. And mm. we do a veterans day special every year now, and we do a Christmas special. That's one of the most watched Christmas specials, out there that's not mm. put on by our major network because it's we get every market in america just about covers our it's called christmas across america and we go all over america and show how americans celebrate christmas and it's an hour it's an hour special mm. and at the end then we kind of close it with some with the real meaning of christmas we have right. we've had uh johnny erickson todd on stephen curtis chapman jeff foxworthy uh, on and on and on a lot of famous people that tell the real story of christmas Je jeff foxworthy did a great job he was he, he was, uh, he's cut, such a uh, cut up, you know, anyway, but he really told a great story about how, how we miss the real meaning of Christmas. And he talks about trying to find a parking spot at, at the mall and all that. And he's like, you know, well, Rodney, that, uh, that loops me around to another Minnesota boy, Charles Schultz, uh, yes. of peanuts. And I've contended the single greatest moment in television, in the history of television. I wonder if you can guess what might I think that might be. The I would say one of the greatest moments referring to Charles Schultz, and I, I know his background is is the Peanuts Christmas special, and he tells the story out of the out of Luke two. Yep, Linus takes the stage in Luke two and says it simply, says it straight, says it true. And yep. I, when you read the background on that, that was interesting because I think that show aired the first week of December nineteen sixty five, which was exactly when I was born. Is that right? And I think, I think Coca Cola again. TV business is weird, folks. But even back then, Coca Cola went to Peanuts, Charles Schultz, and said, "We want a Christmas special," and that's what he came up with. And the, when they reviewed it, everyone, the corporate folks, hated it. Yeah, the biblical reference and the. But once it aired, once it was just bang. 
and I think it connected because people knew it was real. Yeah. And it, I mean, Charles Schultz knew it. You know it. You represent it. You and Jan every week. That's why. So now how do you guys source your stories and how do you attack yeah. going all over the country to put this show together? You know, when I was a CEO of <clears throat> Montana and then McCormick, and then I worked at Long Manufacturing and I worked at Mahindra, and I've traveled all 48 states in my job. So I knew a lot of stuff. And then our producers we got, they would research stories. But now, probably three quarters of our shows at least come from viewers. Mm -hmm. send, like that D-Day thing. We didn't ever heard about that. A viewer sent that in. Mm. And um, then we sometimes we talk to the viewer who sent the story in when we get there, sure. um, if they're there and and stuff like that. But yeah, that's how we do it. We have about five producers who are always searching for stuff too. And then, then somebody will send us a good story, like maybe um, um, uh, like um, uh, the ice fishing story. We did the ice fishing in Brainerd, Minnesota, the national championships a couple of years ago. Man, it was cold. But yeah. uh, oh, okay, uh, <laughs> okay. Now, did you did you get good Minnesotan like below zero weather, Rodney? Oh yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's good. It was five below. <laughs> I don't take cold weather very good, but we fished. We didn't catch anything, but but uh, there was a lot of fishers. That, and you know, it's great. And so then our so we say, yeah, that's a great story. So now we look for another story in that area. So we try to make the most of our of our. Right. travel you know and then we'll come up with something else and i we came up with something um oh um oh we did the bow fest up in duluth i think mm. about, about the same time nice. and, uh, and and then a few we've done a bunch of stories in minnesota actually we really Thank have you. hey we'll, we'll we'll consider you and jen uh part minnesotans and we'll claim you guys right thank you for traveling to our state but again thank you guys for just going all over the country and capturing these stories for uh for history and yeah uh, now it's come up a couple times in our conversation here your your farm equipment background we need to wind this back a little bit so um let's talk about that you got your start you were ceo of mccormick yeah yeah so i started out in life as um i was in i got out of college got an ag business i got it just a two-year degree i don't have a four-year degree where'd you go to school at uh, Ren Lake College down by ben between Benton and Mount Vernon. And then I went to SIU. I did take Southern Illinois University. I did take, uh, I got about three years of college, but I didn't graduate with a bachelor's. I, I quit. I got started farming and, and I had a lime business um, and that kind of stuff and got married, oh. had kids and all that stuff, you know? And so I, I was in the construction business too. And then in 92, I got the chance, I had a dealership uh, in Southern Illinois, we sh sold a lot of short lines and um, I got a chance to go as a, as a factory rep for long manufacturing. And it was for, for more money than I'd ever made. And I managed six States for them. And I just loved that job. I was traveling mm. every week and meeting with dealers all over. I had Wisconsin and, and Michigan and Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, and Tennessee. What, what, what six great States to travel. And um and I was there six years. Then Mahindra offered me a job and I went to there for a while. And then Valtra offered me a job and I went to there. And then um, when Valtra got back by Agco in 2003, um, then I worked for Agco over a brief period. But J.B. Hunt, can't, I was I decided I was going to start an independent rep company. I had several guys that were going to work for me. And and we kind of did. And and we were selling tractors for this um, 
new company that JV Hunt had started called Montana Tractors, which mm. is now out of business, but it, so we sold thousands and thousands of tractors. Well, I was there. They went out of business about 10 years later after I left, but, but, um, yeah, you, and you mentioned it before, but you helped take that from, what'd you say? 3 million? From in 2 million in re annual revenue to 80 million in annual revenue in three years. Not just me. It was my team of guys. We, I kind of, it was a rare opportunity, Greg. It was a whiteboard and I could, I could hire all these people and I just picked the best guys in America. And, um, we really had a lot of success. We had a lot of fun. Then mm -hmm. JB, I was there three and a half years and JB slipped on the, he was a great guy, slipped on the ice, hit his head. He was 81, died three days later. Mm -hmm. And he was full of life and so, so sad. But, but, um, after that, then I, McCormick offered me a, um, the CEO position there for North America or for the United States. And um, I moved to Atlanta and was there for three and a half years. And then I started the TV show and, and. Um, so deep, 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 deep farm equipment roots here, Rodney, tractor roots. Wow. That, yeah. I, and I didn't realize that I'm watching the show all these years. That is just fantastic. Now let's wind it back further. And I think you and I, we have a connection point here because you said you were the shyest guy. I think I was, I'm right with you. I think we might've been tied. <laughs> I couldn't say boo, but you grew up in Benton, Illinois. Now tell us about Benton, Illinois. Yeah. It's a great place to grow up. Um, um, real farming community. It's a town of about 7,000. I, so I went to a real small country grade school. You remember how we used to have these feeder schools that would feed into the bigger school at the high school and mm -hmm. went to eighth grade there and Aiken, little town called Aiken grade school. I later came back and started, coached basketball for about 11 years there and, and won a junior high state championship. And mm -hmm. I would say I was the only CEO of a tractor company who was coach of the year in Illinois in 1984. <laughs> oh, that is beautiful. Congratulations on your state championship. That's very cool, Rodney. Uh, yeah, I always say that too. I'm, I'm, I'm a trivia pursuit question. And the, the question is, who was alumnus of the year at Benton High School between the actor John Malkovich, you know, the famous actor? John He's Malkovich? From, yes. And Doug Collins. Who was, you know, played for the Sixers and was coach of the Sixers and coach. Yeah. Of the so they're both they're, they're much more famous than me, but I was actually the alumnus of the year in between them. So that is a pretty good uh, trio right there, my friend. Wow. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> That's like that question on Trivia Pursuit. Who who had the first triple play in history? You know, of course mm. nobody knows, but it was back in 1921. But <laughs> I still remember watching, yeah, Doug Collins play for the Sixers back with oh, Dr. Wow. J and George McGinnis and Daryl Hopkins yes. and yeah, wow. I'll never Kobe forget Bryant's a story that Doug said about um, George McKinnis. He's the one that came out of high school and played, wasn't he? Yep, yep. Yeah, and uh, he said he went he went to lunch with him one day at, at, after practice, and and he said uh, he opened his his glove compartment, his glove compartment, <laughs> it was full of money and checks, and he goes, "Well, what is this?" And he said, "Well, that's where I put all my checks and my money." And, you got to open a bank account, man. <laughs> <laughs> George McGinnis. Wow. You know, that's funny, Rodney. That makes me think. And again, along the same vein as what you experienced here. Uh, our last filming auction, we were in uh, Warren, Indiana. And it was a guy retiring and he was, you know, a little older than me. And he graduated high school in 73. And we just chit-chatting. And I'm uh, always interested when you have time to talk to people. You talk about 10 minutes and then after about 10 minutes, something comes up and you go, it's like, oh, that is cool. So this guy, he said, machine repeat, you're taller than I thought. And so we started talking basketball. 
<laughs> and he said, yeah, he played single school high school basketball in Indiana in the 70s. And I was like, guy, my dad told me all about that. What was that like? And he's like, yeah, our gyms were full every Friday night. And, uh, but there's connection points, whether it's might be basketball, might be hunting, might be whatever, yeah. but, but that's the value in talking to people, isn't it? You unearth these little truths of their life that, uh, that we connect with. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I love that about, about everybody's got a story, you know, um, people, you know, um, I think people, when they meet you say the same thing, say, you know, you seem like just a regular guy. Well, I am just a regular guy. You know, I mean, I'm just a farm boy who happens to be doing this and lucky to be doing it. And um, um, we're just regular people. And we want to talk to regular people, you know? Right. Um, and, you know, I'm fan Jan and I have had the opportunity through Jan's connection in Hollywood. We've had a lot of stars on our show and Mike Wolf and on and on and on and Terry Faber, Faber and, and, there are, there are a lot of those, most of those guys are just like that. Not all, there's yeah. some uppity uppities, but you know, Mike Wolf, you know, he couldn't wait for us to quit filming. He, we jumped in his 19, I believe 1932 roadster that had a, had a, had a jump seat in the back. And Jen and I said that he said, you guys got to ride this and I got to take you down to this little, little bitty restaurant there where we got a bologna sandwich. You know, he's just a regular guy like you and I, you know, and it's Mike. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so, it's, uh, I know an auctioneer up in Minnesota that, when they were starting that show, uh, Mike and Frank, and they, there was an auction, and they came in beforehand to look at this very unique item. And uh, the auctioneer said just what you said. He said, Mike is just Mike. That's just, right. Just a dude, you know, just a good guy. Just a dude. He always tells me, you know, back in the early days when Jan and I really struggled with his show, and because we own the show, you know, that's not always a good thing. And, and uh, we have to come up with a lot. But Mike told me, I just want to remind you of this. Eight years ago, I was sleeping in my car. You know, he oh, hadn't forgot that. Right. And, uh, <laughs> right. and look at him now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and uh, you know what's funny about that, um, Greg? He's He's got a cool story that when he had this idea, he somehow got an agent or something. And she shopped it to every network twice. And she called him and said, everybody's passed on it. It's dead in the water. Forget it, Mike. And he knew this one lady at, at, who wasn't the top lady at, at, a, at a history channel liked it. And he went back to her himself and convinced her, she got her boss to, that they would shoot six shows and try it. And it premiered as the number one show in cable ever. Wow. And the moral of that story is every executive in the TV turned down the number one show in syndication twice. <laughs> I think the moral of that story to me uh Rodney is the and nothing against people living on the coast I mean God bless them and they're doing awesome work but maybe they're just losing track of what's real and what connects because I, I said the very first time I saw your show it was two minutes into the show I said that's it that's it that's the that's wow it. well thank and you that's the same with Mike's show you just go oh well I get it yeah and, uh yeah so so you jumped into television but now you've continued so you do the you're doing the show, but your farm roots are real. I mean, you still have farming oh, yeah. connection back home in I Illinois. Still, I still down farm. I still have a little farming operation there in Benton, where we're from, and I farm down here and uh, raise cattle. We sell um, beef, we sell um, steaks, and everything. We um, directly to the consumer. We have it processed, so we're mm. we're farm to market here on that. Uh, we have a little agritourism place here, kind of. Uh, we're 
We have I have a 1939 Frick sawmill with a 1941 Detroit diesel on it. We we saw up wood. Yeah, and... we okay. We got to stop on the sawmill here, uh, <laughs> Rodney, because you sent me pictures and, and video. And folks, this sawmill. I mean, how many third owner saw, 1939 sawmills have you run across? A Frick is that the man? Is that the manufacturer? The manufacturer. Frick? You can still get every part for that. They're still in business. Okay. Wow. Yeah. With a 1941 Detroit diesel engine? Yes. She hums like a like a kitten. Now, when you run that for people that are staying on your farm or coming out to visit, or you, like you said before, you just invite people in to show them. And I know it makes you happy to show it, but what, what do people, when they see a sawmill that's 85 years old doing its thing, what do they, what do they say? What do they, what are they, what does their you face know, look like? They love that. They love to see the mechanics of something that old and how it works. And, you know, it's it's just fascinating to them that you can take that log and make a make lumber out of it. And and um, they get such a kick out of it. And they love to see you can all see all the workings, the belts and everything and how they're working. And, you know, it's it's kind of it's simple, but there's a lot of engineering in it, really. Right. And um, I am. Um, they, I love to preserve history, whatever it is. Um, you know, I, I always say I've never seen an old tractor I didn't like or an old barn I didn't like, and I'm starting to like old women. So, you know, I mean, it's a, my wife's <laughs> glad to hear that in 46 years that I, I am starting to like, <laughs> mm-hmm. she's starting to like old men. So that's good. <laughs> All right. Well, again, when, and I didn't train in any of this, uh, Rodney, but when I hear things like that, we need to stop. So you've been married 46 years to your wife. Yeah. Okay. What's your wife's name? Kendra. Kendra. Okay. So we have a lot of young listeners out there and they're listening to us older gray haired guys yapping here. But <laughs> what would Rodney Miller, host of Small Town Big Deal, runner of farm equipment companies and farm boy from Benton, Illinois? What what what's your success for a, a good strong marriage? Wow. Pick a good pick a good mate. You know, she's put up with a lot through the years, that's for sure. And uh <laughs> You know, I'm I'm such a type A go getter. I I I want to do everything 100. percent And she's like, "Can we just slow down and do one thing?" In a- <laughs> okay, you're you're confirming for me a theory of opposites that I've had. But, uh, not always type A's or type B's can be happy together, but well, no, that again, that, I think we balance each other out there. And, I agree. Uh, 46 years. That's awesome. How many kids you guys have? We have three kids and seven grandkids. And, you know, I think the other thing is you you just got to get along. You know, you can't make a, we always say in this business, pick your heels. You're going to, you're going to die on. And there's not very many of those, you know, if it's not a big deal, drop it. If the toothpaste didn't get put up, don't say anything about it. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, I think that's the, she's, she's real easy going. Uh, I'm not as easy going. I'm trying to be better in my older age. <laughs> is she from background Benton where you grew up? Yeah. She's from Thompsonville, a little, little town about, actually we grew up a mile and a half from each other, but we didn't know each other because we, the, the, the school district split between us. Sure. She went to a different school than I did, even though we were a mile and a half apart and we met on a blind date and um, nice. So we dated two years for two years. She was 17. I was 21. We got married. You know, that was pretty common back then. You know, right, now right. when my kids were 17, I go, I can't, I would never let them get married. <laughs> yeah. Kind of scary to look back, isn't it? Not, it is, you know, but yeah. it was common back then. You know, right, that. It, right. people got married younger. Um, actually at 21, most of my friends were already married. You know, I mean, right. they got married at 19 or 20. Right. So, um, okay. Now on the topic of trends in our culture, 
Uh, so you, you've done this show all these years and you, before that you traveled around the country. And, uh, when we talk about small town, rural America, Rodney, where we're at right now, um, what, what makes you hopeful about Mm. the future for, for small town rural? You know, Greg, you probably would say the same thing that I'm going to say, but it doesn't matter where I go. If I go to rural New York, if I go to rural California, it's all the same. People have the same values. They have the same wants and desires. They're patriotic. They're all about helping other people. You know, I'm not going to say there's not lots of people like that in, in the big cities. There is, no doubt. But I find them all that way. And it's not like we hear on the news. It's not like that at all. And, uh, you know, they're not racist. They're not, you know, they, they, mm-hmm. my next door neighbor is a black man and we're best good friends. I mean, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's not about black or white or yellow. It's, it's who the people are. Right. I always say there's a lot of light, white people I don't like either. You know, I mean, right. Right. <laughs> I mean, I like people who are good people. I don't care yeah. what their skin color is, you know, and, yeah. and, I have a lot of friends of all nationalities and, and I think it's that way in rural America, you know, and uh, I love going to upstate. One of my favorite places in America is upstate New York, mm. all the farms up, you know, how they used to have so many dairies up there and yeah. used to so many cool barns up there. And uh, uh, we did a story at Cooperstown early on about the uh, national uh, baseball hall of fame and, um, or football. Baseball. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I, because I was yesterday, Rodney. I was actually in the football hall of fame. I'd never been to Canton, Ohio, so I wanted. I've to never been. There. I want to go. It was awesome. Uh, yeah. I so I, I'm a lifelong Minnesota Viking fan. We're very provincial up north, so it, was, <laughs> it about brought me to tears to stand in front of a statue of Bud Grant and say, "I watch this guy every Sunday when I was." But he's oh, just man. just like yours. He's just a guy. He liked to hunt ducks and. Uh, yeah. But uh, upstate New York, yeah, one of the first episodes we filmed was in uh, just outside of Lake Placid, uh, and the guy had a bunch of potato equipment. So, but uh, but yeah, well, I, I definitely identify with what you're saying. The truths you find across rural America. Uh, now, I, I asked you what makes you hopeful. Let's let's maybe hit that from a slightly different angle. What challenges do you see for rural America looking ahead here? Yeah. Challenges. I, 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 one good thing that's helped rural America is the, I know our USDA, they were pushing, uh, getting fiber and better internet. I just got fiber here and it just made it totally, you know, you can work from home. I think that that is, that's almost been like REA back in the day when they yeah. electrified rural America. Yeah. They now getting it connected through internet. Um, uh, I think that's been a big, big thing. So that, businesses can strive in rural America. Um, I, I think it's got some struggles in, in, a, in, in, in a health, healthcare. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of the rural hospitals are really struggling. Georgia did a thing that's really helped the rural hospitals that you can, you can um, send some of your tax to them local. It's a, it's a special program. It's really helped our local hospital here. Mm. And, you know, we need the local hospitals for the emergency room as much as anything else, you right. know. And um, so I see that challenge. I see the challenge of keeping Main Street alive. But I think towns are getting better and better at that. And um, we see Main Street coming back to life in lots of small towns around mm-hmm. America. You know, every every time we go somewhere, something good's happening usually. So we yeah. get to we get to film all the um 
the good things happening in America. Whereas like people like a policeman who who's really devoting his life to helping America, all he sees is the negative. You right. know, uh, that's really challenging. But we when we go to a town, something good's happening there. And, you know, we were at the Cranberry Festival in, in Wisconsin uh, last, uh, I think it was last fall. Yeah, last fall. Mm-hmm. And that, that was just so much fun. That little bitty town has this huge Cranberry Festival. It's a town of like, not even a thousand. Mm-hmm. And like, 50 or 100,000, no, over 100,000 people come to this cranberry festival. Wow. It was so neat. We ate cranberries from every kind of cranberry you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> got to meet Miss America there, too. She was there, and I got to spend some time with her. Talk yeah. about a country girl, man. She's a country girl. That is awesome. I, I hear you on the medical front. Uh, my father, uh, Jerry's 86, and my mom's 85. They're doing well, but our little town of Benson, they still live there and been involved for decades with the local hospital because, you know, you just, you got a claw to keep that thing live. Up here in Minnesota, we had a story last week, a little Foston, Minnesota. Uh, one of the regional medical centers closed the birthing center. Uh, so now if you can have a baby in little Foston, you got to drive 65 miles. I and mean, Wow. Those are the things we need. So Those the, are the challenges we face. Yeah. So the innovative things the state of Georgia is doing, uh, hopefully, small town rural can kind of cooperate on some of those yeah. things and curious your take Rodney now we're, we're coming before up before we leave that subject yeah. let me say one put in one more plug for Minnesota so I don't know if you can see my shirt here but Mayo Clinic so I just spent a week up there two weeks ago and you know uh, I live in Rochester Rodney you're kidding me no you were in my home you were in I've lived there for 34 years now that's where I built machinery Pete in Rochester <laughs> I'll be. I was there for a week. We could have. We could have had lunch. Man, um, to the uh, house next time. I, I got in their executive program and I was up there for a week. They checked everything. They found some. I was having a lot of pain issues and joints and stuff. And they got to the bottom of it. I, I feel better this week than I have in years. Well, um, very. Uh, that yeah, is he, an amazing place. It's. It is. I can't say enough good things about them. I mean, I tell everybody now, you need to go. Uh, that's the care I got was remarkable. You know, it's funny. There's a, a lot of docs and, and medical folks I've known in town for years. And a lot of them are from small towns. Yeah. Most of the country. And uh, But, yeah, the thing about Mayo is they've just seen everything. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so when we have a tweak in our neck or something or whatever going on, uh, they, yeah, they've just seen a lot. And the history of that, the Mayo family that started and how they gave all of it and their all their money, all their assets to this nonprofit. And it's all a big nonprofit. It was an amazing story. We, we went in, they have a history area in the, one of the old buildings. Yeah. I let, when I had time between appointments, we'd go over there and read all that stuff. Do you know that, were you aware before your visit that Mayo Clinic was founded out of a devastation of a tornado? Yes, I read that. I found out all that. So a bad thing made something really good happen. Right. You know, Which is, uh, a, I think, probably a common thread through a lot of, uh, you know, our American history. Yeah. Uh, now, a curious, Rodney, again, we're, we're right on the edge of four years of the, after the pandemic. And, of course, there's the whole, you know, realities of rural America, how it handled it versus, um, you know, other metropolitan areas. And that is what it is. But um, <clears throat> coming out of that, as you were traveling the country doing the show, uh, what were your observations? Uh, and I, I just wonder a little bit, as our world has got so negative and rushed and connected, if in the pandemic, when people could start to work from home, I was, I'm was i a data guy, and I was really interested 
to see how many people might migrate their young families out to a Benton, Illinois or a Benson, Minnesota, just for quality of life. Uh, yeah. I'm just curious, any observations you have the past four years? You know, I think the COVID really made me super glad I live in rural America. It, it, of all things, you know, we're kind of away from, you know, one thing we're spread out more. So, you know, I always said I did everything I could to get COVID and never did get it. Jan and I never quit traveling. I, I yeah. mean, yeah, there were times we were on a plane and there'd be six of us on that plane. All of us would be sitting in first class. There was nobody else. That's we kept filming anything that was still going to happen. We did it. And but um, 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 and and for my corn maze, we had our biggest year ever. We had over 80,000 people there that year. And now we it's in Atlanta area, Atlanta, suburb of Atlanta. And um, but people were just craving to get out and do something fun. And they would just thank us for being open because so yeah. much stuff wasn't open. Right. And um, uh, so, but in Georgia, we were probably better than we didn't shut our governor didn't shut anything down here. And, and yeah. so we were, we stayed open for the most part. So it, it didn't affect yeah. me as much, except we didn't film as much that year because so many things were canceled, you know? Right. And, um, but anything that was open, we were going to that. And uh, so, um, you know, I, we all have our own take on all that stuff. And bad thing is you don't really know what to believe anymore, but. Well, I was just hopeful with that. Like you said before, with the better internet connections. And then as people were able to take your job, now I'd been working on my basement for 34 years. So when the world shut down, I just told people just lay off the cookie jar and you'll be fine. (laughs) That's the secret to working at home. But again, (laughs) people coming out to the rural areas and that just, I don't want to say slower, but it's, 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 it's more interwoven with your neighbors. Yes. And definitely, and you know, community I live in Rochester is kind of a little bit of both. We're up over a hundred thousand people now, but um, anyway, again, what you've done, Rodney, with your show, small town, big deals, just amazing. And, uh, and again, uh, folks, if, if you want more information on the show, go to smalltownbigdeal.com. And you're in season what now? 13, 14? Yeah, we're on uh, in our we're in our 12th year. 12th on the year. Internet. Okay. So I lose track of the seasons, but we're we're in our 12th year and uh but um we we still have the same team we started with and we've got great camera guys and producers and editors and we're just thankful to have a team that's worked with us. It hasn't always been easy, as you know. Uh, we own the show, so we got to make payroll every week and all that stuff. And it oh. it's challenging getting sponsors and different things. And now we have a, a nonprofit that also supports us called Voice of Goodness. And we try to be the voice of goodness where good things happen around America. Mm, and you said it. something earlier, maybe before we even got on the air, that when first time you saw it, it made you smile. And we get that reaction a lot. People write us and say, your show just makes me smile. Yep. And um, that that's because of not because of Jan and I, but because of what we're highlighting, you know, it's, it's something good. It's not, we're kind of, you remember this. We're the, um, the, um, oh my gosh, Charles, uh, Charles Corralt. Charles Corralt. Sunday morning on CBS. Yeah. Oh man. And you remember when he did the stories on CBS evening news on every Friday afternoon, they closed with a good, something good happening in America. Charles Corralt was going around and we're kind of that we're, we say we're kind of the Charles Corrupt, modern Charles. Well, and I, you could probably identify too, as as I built out 
our machine repeat business. I didn't have any model. I'm just kind of winging it. But yeah, um, so we're way. <laughs> there were two media people in my head. One was Paul Harvey. Yeah. What's the rest of the story? The rest of the story. So when Rodney lists your that beautiful shiny case at 1995, 7220, $6,200. It looks like new. I see it and I want to know what's the rest of the story. Now that's you talking to you and getting the rest of the story. Because if you boil it down to the machinery side, I, I've always contended when you're buying a piece of equipment, you're you're actually also buying the seller. Yeah. So you're buying Rodney. Uh, or at an auction, you're buying John or Bill or Bob, yeah. whether you took great care of equipment or crappy. Either way, you're buying yeah. the history of care. But the other uh, media person makes people laugh. If Minnesotans will know this, but there was a columnist up here. He passed away a couple years ago at age 101, I think, Sid Hartman. And I've heard Sid Hartman. Sports guy. Yeah. Uh, he just wrote about, he just, a lot of what he wrote about was just John from Benton scored 17 points last night. And the reason that worked was because if you're from Benton, Illinois, to see Rodney Miller's name in the, yeah, that means something. Yeah, that's the why the first time I saw your show, it's like that. That's gonna that is a that's a smile factory because if you're in Bemidji or, um, uh, you know, again wherever, um, it's just it's a beautiful thing you're doing. So again. Thank Huge thank you. And folks, uh, check out uh, Rodney's website, MillerFamilyFarmsGA.com, a, a tremendous rural Airbnb opportunity to unplug and to go see Rodney's red collection. <laughs> that is fantastic. Uh, and, and, you know, we love meeting everybody, too. That's one of the, the surprises about this Airbnb. We get to meet people from all over America, and it's just fun to talk to them and hear their stories. Right. You know, we all got a story. Uh well, you just described as as we transition and businesses business changes here, and we're moving more online auctions, which is you know it is what it is. But the, just this last year, Rodney, I've been picking up a, a a common theme as I travel the country, and it's almost a tone of sadness. Yeah, when people appreciate the online for what it is, I mean, you bring more buyers. Pricing is strengthened, no doubt, but the human element. Oh yeah, going to an auction and in a small town and. You know, you're going to talk to people you don't know, people you probably don't agree with, but you spend a couple hours and you come away better, I think. And we're, oh, totally. I think we're missing that. You remember we used to, when we were kids, we were going to an auction almost every Saturday yep. and it was so fun. It was almost like an event, yeah. you know, uh, a social event. Yeah. And uh, um, boy, you got to see everything he'd collected his whole life. You know, yeah. his whole life is out there for sale and how that must be a tough day for him, you know, but then it's a happy day for other people who get to keep that stuff, that stuff alive. That's kind of what I felt about when Stu, when he had his auction, it was an opportunity for the rest of us to keep all that stuff alive. And I, I ended up buying 11 tractors and I, there was, I only intended to buy one. I wanted to buy the payloader. It was the last thing he restored that mm. he the payloader. And I did, I bought it mm. ended up buying a lot more, but, but um, I wanted well, to keep it alive. You were actually buying a piece of stew then, weren't you? I was. Because I, when I was talking to Stu when he was sick, you know, and he, he said, well, we're, well, we're going to get this payloader done. I, I'm real excited about it. It was the first one he'd ever done. And uh, so, man, that meant a lot to me. I, I told somebody, I, I'm, I, I didn't want to tell too many, but because I was going to buy it, I didn't care what it brought. I mean, that I, thing was coming to my house. <laughs> you, know, you, you know, you just get it, Rodney. I, I can just tell. I mean, I, when, when we go around and film our auctions, if it's a retirement sale, sometimes it's a state sale. 
and there obviously there is an element of sadness yeah in a lifelong career but i when that comes up i tell people and it's true and it's not just lip service it's exactly what you just said is that the items that they're selling the folks who buy them will carry that with them forward oh where'd you where'd you get this beautiful payload well i got that from a guy by benton illinois guys rodney miller and they'll and this will make you smile, Rodney. Now, yesterday I was, or two days ago, I was speaking up south of Toronto. So I gave my talk, and then a, a young guy came up and he goes, "Machine repeat, I got to show you something." He goes, "When I was five years old, my dad took me to an auction, put me on his shoulders, and on the auction was my grandfather's. Remember those old uh, travel um, trunks? Oh like, yeah, almost like from World War II era. It's, yeah, yeah." Okay, well, his grandfather's trunk was selling. And at five years old, he said that my, my grandpa was not around anymore, but that made me think of him. So his dad had him on his shoulders, and I said, How, was your heart beating fast? <laughs> and he remembered the day to the iota. And then he showed me pictures of the trunk, which they positioned wow. in front of the sofa in the living room now. And it's just a piece of their family. Yeah. So, but that makes him think of his grandpa. Yeah, that makes them smile, and your show makes people smile, connect them to their home. So again, thank you, thank you, Ronnie. This has been a joy. Uh, we definitely have to do this again. Now, next Absolutely. time, Chester, you call me. Uh, I I will. I, I'm sad. I didn't know you lived there, and uh, golly, that would have been so much fun. But yeah, let's do this again. I'm I'm available anytime. I I uh, this has been fun talking tractors and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, we need to find a good auction down around uh, Osceola. Oh, we do. If you come down this way, let me know, and I, if I can make it ever, anywhere, I'll, I'll drive. Well, again, folks, uh, again, check out smalltownbigdeal.com and Rodney's uh, farm website, millerfamilyfarmsga.com, and machine repeat approved, 79000 bucks, the nicest case H7220 you're ever going to find. Rodney's is for sale. Buy a piece of Rodney with that one right there. <laughs> Rodney, thanks for joining us today. It's, okay. it's been a joy. Oh, thank you. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did with Rodney Miller from Osceola, Georgia, by way of Benton, Illinois, uh, host of Small Town Big Deal, kind of conceived of the idea of the show and made it happen. And uh, it has just been a great show to watch all these years, uh, season 12 now. And as I mentioned in the podcast, I, I stumbled across it immediately out of the gate. <clears throat> and my wife, Jackie, we were sitting on the couch that night and I said that is fantastic that is a great idea travel around and tell the story of small town rural America and I just appreciate the way Rodney and uh, Jan Carl have done it uh, not condescending in any way they're, they're from us they're small you know they, they get it Rodney is small town rural Benton Illinois guy and uh, they're just shining the light on who we are rural America, what's real, and it's positive. So much negativity in the world today, so much. Uh, you spin the TV dial or go across the internet, and it, it just seems like I get it. You know, negative stories or antagonistic, they make us click. They play into our fears and our, oh, look at that, how can that be? And that works, it makes it click, but as humans, I think, we're in this internet, social media environment, petri dish now. And I think we're beginning to realize like, 
I mean, there's obviously some wonderful things about the internet and social media, which hopefully we've tried to get on with our machinery beat business. But there's some just, you know, just yuckiness and negativity and fear peddling and anger. And it's not healthy for us to dwell in that. And frankly, there aren't enough TV shows or content out there that deal with positivity. So my hat's off to Rodney Miller, Mosilla, Georgia, for envisioning this TV show, Small Town Big Deal, and doing it the way he has, presenting our stories. And uh, God bless him. It's just a beautiful thing. And again, if you and your family, friends, looking for a, a unique, relaxing way to unplug and get away, Rodney mentioned his... Uh, his farm there in Osceola, Georgia, uh, kind of an Airbnb. And you heard Rodney talk about how his uh, international collection, he's just happy to show it to you. Part of the deal, the third owner sawmill, 1939 Frick, operating sawmill right there. But uh, just go to MillerFamilyFarmsGA.com. Again, it's in Georgia. And you could, you know, the hospitality seeps out of Rodney when he talks about it inviting you to come down and spend time for your family and it's just good for your soul and stories you can take home. You can see the fire engine that he, um, you know, kind of rescued and it was at ground zero 9-11. Rodney knows the importance of it. He brought it there to let people be up close to it, um, connect to your feelings. Uh, but then uh, again, just a chance to get away or his corn maze on the outskirts of Atlanta, uh, doing amazing things there, uh, helping in a, in its own way to connect folks in the big city to farming and corn. So, you know, Rodney is, is doing great things. And we thank him so much for joining us on the, on the podcast. And we're going to have to find a way to triangulate small town, big deals, TV show with machine repeat TV and find an auction down in Georgia or something and get down to see his collection. But uh, what a great guy. And uh, again, hope you enjoy the conversation and uh, Hey, stay tuned folks. Uh, you know, the, the used equipment market is changing. Uh, the calendar's flipped now. We're a month plus in. Um, you know, the supply issue on dealer lots. Um, I would just say that uh, we need to keep our eyes open here because the stream of auction pricing, the good stuff is still doing very well. But uh, just some things changing. So we'll be talking more about that. But again, thank you so much for giving us the listen. And uh, remember, as I like to close these podcasts with, uh, every day is a gift and a blessing. Don't forget it. Uh, see you next time.